Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. Thank you for tuning into the Mage as well, your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey Majors, this week is all about sacred wells. Running water is a holy thing, is an old Somerset saying, and wells have long been seen as sacred places, the place where spirits live, places of wisdom, healing, prophecy, and the fulfilment of wishes. From the well, life emerges. They are a place where nature and human labour marry, an interference of sorts. They are often seen as a portal to another world. They descend often deep into the earth, offering a glimpse of glinting water, the air chill and sounds echo and reverberate off of its underworld walls, a liminal space, a channel between the surface and the depths. Symbolic of our own reflective depths, we connect to wells on a deep energetic level. To dream of a well represents abilities within you that need to be uncovered, and if the bottom cannot be seen, it's a sign that emotions are being suppressed and are being actively hidden. Sacred wells feature heavily throughout Celtic lands. There are 1,300 in Ireland alone, although this figure could easily be double. And interestingly, during the pandemic, there has been a trend within Ireland to make pilgrimage to sacred wells to seek their healing and protective water. So threatened by these pagan sites, the early Roman church took great efforts to eradicate them, but still the beliefs and rituals endure. There is a pagan tradition of dressing wells with garlands and pitchers made from feathers, petals and other natural materials, and it's believed it was a way to show gratitude to the well's patron spirit. This tradition has managed to survive in some places, though the origins are lost. The idea of throwing offerings into a well is often linked to the land's fertility, ensuring a bountiful harvest as well as granting healing. Petitioners, even today, bring fabrics with them from someone they wish to cure and leave it on a branch near the well. The idea being the well would heal the person through the fabric and as the fabric deteriorated, so did the person's ailment. Mokosh, a Slavic earth goddess who also plays a role in Baltic folklore, resides over traditional women's work, especially weaving, as well as springs and wells. Women used to honour her by throwing items of clothing or woven fabric down wells, sometimes with their blood imbued into the fabric as a way of offering. These pagan ceremonies often took place at May or Midsummer. And when these traditions couldn't be stopped, the early church sought to blend them. Wells are symbolic of the womb and act as channels to Mother Earth. 
which in a lot of Christian countries, this association was stepped away from and it was replaced with the female saints that became the patron of that particular well. And we see this pagan Christian blending at many sites, particularly at the well at Lochmarie in Scotland. The well is dedicated to Saint Malrubha, but its annual rites involve the sacrifice of a bull, libations of milk, and coins driven into the bark of a tree. All very pagan. Pagan sites turned into Christian shrines, but often near them were standing stones and sacred groves of trees. Those who often dug wells were mystics. A diviner usually sensed where the water was and prayed to the spirit of the land for permission to dig. Creating a well took a lot of effort and those who dug them often report feeling a strange sense of intimacy with the earth. And in some cases, wells line up with astronomical events. In Sardinia, where there's a lot of evidence that suggests there was a water cult there, the Santa Cristina well has the moon reflected on its waters every 18 years and 6 months, and during the spring and autumn equinox, the sun is also reflected on its waters. Wells could also be used for hydromancy, divination through water. By watching and drawing meanings from the movements of water, the leaves that floated on it, or how the fish swam within it. In Cornwall, there's a particular well called the Gouville Well. The site was looked after by an elderly lady who was a high priestess and an oracle. People travelled far and wide to her for prophecies and to reveal the location of lost things like personal items and cattle. There are also many accounts of those feeling drowsy and falling asleep near wells and having vivid dreams. These dreams were seen in of themselves as a form of healing. Paul Devereaux, in his book Earthmind, attributes the sleepiness with the fact that many well sites are mildly radioactive. Traditionally at the very centre of a community, metaphorically and literally, wells sustained life and reflected the state of the society around it. Today with the convenience of taps and pipes, we take for granted clean water. If the well fell into disrepair, the community inevitably suffered. It was a barometer of how cohesive the community was. The age of using wells as a primary source of water has gone, but I think we can take this idea and reframe it. How does society look after its water overall? We live in a world where water is disregarded and little respect is shown to it. Groundwater levels are at an all-time low, yet water defines our horizons. It works its way up from beneath the earth, from dark and unseen places. It has the ability to drown us, or revive us. It's been predicted that the wars of the future will be over water. Which brings me onto the shadow side of wells, often the places for suicides. Throughout history they have been poisoned by neighbours and enemies. They are often places believed to be haunted, with many wells when the wind blows a certain way, generating otherworldly noises and sounds. And not all wells were regarded as good. There are some records of evil wells, and it's worth mentioning that they could have got this label from the fact that the water may have been polluted or unsafe to drink, or another possibility is that they could have been labelled evil as a way to deter pagan worship by Christianity, as water worship was sometimes seen as blasphemous. The church would also bless the waters of unholy sites to remove the practice around them. With their connection to the underworld, in ancient times it was common to write a curse on a lead tablet and to throw it into a well in an attempt to invoke the gods of the underworld. This type of curse was called a disfixio. A 2,500 year old well in Athens was recently discovered and it was used for such purposes. 
Over 30 of these cursed tablets have been recovered. Originally curses were placed in the tombs of those who had died early, as it was believed they would carry the curses to the underworld where they could be filled. But when Cicero, a ruler of Athens from 317 to 307 BC, came to power, he banned this. People responded by using wells instead, and by throwing it into one, the curse could become activated. At some sacred well sites, it was common practice to drink the waters from a circular cup made of bone, which relates to an ancient Celtic practice of drinking from human skulls as a way to connect to the dead, as they also saw wells as a way to the underworld. The Mayans often worshipped at cenotes. There's debate about how that word is correctly said. I hope I nailed it. The word itself comes from the Mayan word tizonot. I hope I got that one right too. And that means well, or cavern with water. Now, cenotes were also viewed as entrances to the underworld, and home to some deities, so much so that cults actually formed around them, and people often left offerings, and even sacrifices were made there. Majors, my sugar pot spell, it's ready. We can lift off, and I want your cup to overrunneth. Sugarpot spells are traditionally used to sweeten your life and bring joy, and who doesn't want more of that? I mean, I do. Subscribe to the link in the description, and you can be added. What are you waiting for? There's no time to lose. Many a myth involves a well of some sort, and there are plenty of notable wells. Demeter, in her search for her abducted daughter Persephone, rests at the Well of the Virgin in Eleusius. In ancient times, it was danced around by initiates of the mystery schools to honour this mythic occurrence. Yadrasil, the Viking world tree, also has its roots within three wells. Odin wanted to drink from one of these wells, the Well of Wisdom, called Erd, so he could save the world. However, the spirit Mimir, who guarded the well, demanded his right eye as payment. Odin gave his eye and drank from the well, but before he did, he tossed the eye into the well so others would see his sacrifice. Some have speculated that this is the origins of the wishing well, a strange and curious, thought to be European custom, that academics have struggled to explain the origins of. The step well, a Paralassari in India, is an architectural wonder, and is also a temple complex. Step wells are common in India, essentially huge open wells. They collect rain during the monsoon months for later use during the dry spells. Legend has it that for this particular well, that Lord Shiva's son, Lord Subramanya, appeared at the temple as a five-headed serpent and lived in the pond for a period of time. The waters turned sacred and people started visiting them to cure their ills. I've posted a picture of it on the Instagram account. It is beautiful. Check it out. The Zamzam well in Mecca, is held sacred within the Islamic world. The prophet Abraham's son, Ishmael, was crying of thirst. An angel descended from the heavens and struck the site with his right heel, where a spring sprung. In trying to contain the water, Ishmael's mother shouted, Zom, Zom, meaning stop flowing, which has been suggested how the well came to be named. The Chalice Well is one of Britain's oldest wells. It's rich in iron oxide and gives the water a crimson tinge and it's also thought to be the final resting place of the Holy Grail. The well produces over 100,000 litres a day, and the magician and astrologer 
to Queen Elizabeth I, John Dee, said, its waters were a power of youth and health. The sacred groves of yew and oak were said to have been planted there by the Druids, and some of these trees still stand today. How would you connect to a well? For the Celts and many other cultures, being familiar with your environment was vastly important. They believed where you lived influenced you in energetic ways. Areas often became specialised. To the Celts, certain areas were known for divination, or for healing, or for magic. Finding a well near you and meditating with it will help you tap into your area's energy. Try to find out how old the well is, the type of bricks used in its construction, and the plants and trees that grow near it. Often they will represent and give clues as to the spirits, gods and goddesses that watch over that well and protect it. You could drop an offering into the well and say, Hail Goddess of Earth, Mother of the Well. Generally, offerings should be something that cannot rot. Coins and pebbles are ideal. You could also offer water to the well as a libation. I spoke about this briefly on the Witch's Brew episode, and this would feed the spirits and the deity that live there. You could ask for fertility and healing, though not necessarily on the physical. Water is related to the mystical and the emotional aspects of ourselves. It's a place to gain insight and guidance. If there aren't any wells near you, visualising one is a powerful way to connect with that energy. They are also a place to gain wisdom and prophecies, as well as connecting with the ancestors. And if it's ghosts you seek, travelling to a well on a full or dark moon, leaving flowers such as Dame's Violet, Vervain or Wild Aster, marks a sign that you wish to commune with the spirit or ghost. Scratching the name of the deceased into the dirt on the west side of the well is also said to aid with this. Cool fact time, the deepest hang-dug well is in Brighton, in the UK, at 1,285 feet deep, also 392 metres, it is as deep as the Empire State Building is tall. And Majors, that is everything I have for you this week. You can find me at the Majors Well on Instagram, and it's the same for Twitter. The email account for the podcast is themajorswell at gmail.com. Please get in touch with any questions, stories or experiences that you want to share, and they might get featured. If you want to support the show, I've left my Patreon link in the description. You can subscribe to my sugar pot spell. The address is patreon.com slash themajorswell. If you wish to support the show but you're not financially able to, please tell your friends about the show and leave a five-star review. I've left a link in the episode description and it really helps the show get found. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. And I'm going to leave you with an extract from Margaret Atwood's book, The Penelopeid. Water does not resist. Water flows. When you plunge your hand into it, all you feel is a caress. Water is not a solid wall. It will not stop you. But water always goes where it wants to go, and nothing in the end can stand against it. Water is patient. Dripping water wears away its stone. Remember that, my child. Remember you are half water. If you can't go through an obstacle, go around it. Water does. Peace out, witches. Mm-hmm.